0: about it just, you feel a connection when there's a kindred spirit there amen okay okay <laughs> but first I want to give honor to God amen because the, the person you see standing here today is not the person I was even say come on seven ten years ago I was raised in this thing but I didn't stay in it I got into my early early twenties and I went wild, so to speak. I found myself in places that I wouldn't even want to share it with anyone. But that's on. that's one thing: the devil will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. That's right. right. And he will keep you longer than you ever planned on staying. Right. Amen. But for the grace of God. Right. But for the grace of Amen. God. Grace God. I love the Lord so much. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give honor to the pastor because you know what this is a this is a work for, and it's not just like like you said, Sister Hague is a driving force. A man's wife will make or break him. Mm-hmm. She will make or break his ministry. Uh, that is why you have to choose so wisely who you marry. And I thank God. Praise God. <laughs> All the former ones I did not marry. <laughs> I found the right one. All right. And I want to give honor to the saints because, you know what, without members, there's not a church. Right. So I'm thankful for you guys being here and, of course, for your dad being here. Um, If we would, let's go ahead and turn to the book of Joel. And if we would, let's all stand for the reading of the word. Hallelujah. I'm just going to read one verse, and then we'll go ahead and. I got to get it. Go ahead. Go ahead and share it with you. But uh, Joel chapter number three, verse number 14, Uh, one of the harder books to find because it's uh, one of the shorter books and it's in the Old Testament, so they kind of mix in together there. But I'll give you all a moment to find it real quick. I want to take this suit coat off if it's okay, Pastor. Yeah, go ahead. We'll go ahead and read a very familiar portion of Scripture to so many, but Joel, he's prophesying and telling of things that were to come against Israel's enemies, and he, just one simple verse, he says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Pastor, would you pray? Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing and what you're about to do in this service, the rest of the service. Ask God that your anointing be upon Brother Reed and his family, Jesus. Ask God that you will speak to every one of us right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We have a world around us today that it, it, it it's, seems in so much turmoil and chaos. Right. People are seemingly losing their minds every single day. You're right. Pastor said men's hearts are failing them for fear and y'all can be seated. I'm sorry. <laughs> they it's failing them for fear. You right. But you see Joel was telling them that there was a day coming when these people when he said multitudes you're not talking about two or three, you're talking about the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, the millions. Right. In a valley of decision. Understand a valley is not a high point in your life. No. A valley is a very low point in your life. It's when you're looking around and you're, you're wondering, God, where are you at? I've prayed until I, 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 until I can't hardly speak anymore. And God, I still haven't heard an answer. God, I I have cried until there are just no more tears to cry and I still don't have an answer. I don't know what to do. But it's in those valleys that God is saying, are you still going to trust me? Are you still going to move ahead? Are you still going to press forward and doing what you know to do? Or will you backtrack and fall back into the same routine? Right. Into the same thing that he's trying to pull you out of. Amen. You see, it's not about the things that are in the past. We can't change the things in no, the past. Right. It's over with. It's done. Nothing can be changed about that. That's but right. you can change the future Praise by the decision God. that you make. What will your decision be? Multitudes, multitudes, this world... Is in a valley of decision right, right now. We're coming to a head of a pin point where they're go- the world itself is going to have to make a decision. Amen. And unfortunately, it's going to come a point where the sheep are going to have to be separated from the goats, right. where the weeds are right. going to have to be separated from the tares. Right. It's just the way that it's going to be. The good is going to be good, and the wrong is going to be wrong. Right. And people that say right. that right is right and right is wrong and wrong is right, those are the people that are going to fall off on the deep end. Those are the ones that are going to fall off on the wrong side of the fence. But as for me and my house, as Joshua said, we will serve the Lord in the face of all opposition, in the face of all resistance, because there came a deciding point in my life and in my wife's life where we had to decide as for me and my, regardless of whether mama and daddy are going to follow me to heaven or not. Regardless of whether my grandparents are going to follow me to heaven or not. As to whether or not my, even my spouse wants to follow me to heaven or not. I will serve the Lord until that last breath leaves my body because I want to be saved. There is nothing, nothing, nothing in this world. That is worth missing heaven for. There is no, there is no drug, there is no alcohol, there is no addiction. There is nothing on this world that is worth missing heaven for. Amen. There is still a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That's
1: right. Multitudes
0: in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision. Now I want to slow down a little bit, just for a moment. And I want to share with you a story. Well, it's not just a story, I guess you'd say, but you ever see in the springtime, you start seeing caterpillars all over the place? Yeah. see the fuzzy ones, you see the ones that don't have any fur fuzz on them. You know, the, the babies like to pick them up and roll around in their hands because, you know, they like to ball up. Caterpillars are pretty much nothing more than a type of larvae. They were born from a tiny egg. And when they are born, they are so hungry. Mm -hmm. They are looking for leaves to eat. That's what they eat. They eat leaves. You'll see them. They'll get on the trees and they'll eat and they'll eat and they'll eat. And they become plumper. They grow longer. They begin shedding their skin. As they begin to grow because they're in a process of becoming something different. The caterpillar eventually stops eating and we know what they do. They go to a leaf or a a, a branch and they kind of hang upside down and they begin to spin a web. Or not a web but a a cocoon. You know what I'm saying. Um, They begin to spin this cocoon and they begin to wrap themselves inside this shell. And you know there comes a time when You've had you, you've satiated or, or, or had enough out of this world, and you get so tired of it because nothing that you do is going to satisfy that place where God is supposed to be. Yeah. Nothing in your life, no matter what you do, it, you can't drink enough. You can't smoke. You you can't do drugs. Nothing. Uh. You you can't go out and, and nothing you do. No uh. no love of the family. No lo- love. Of any kind other than God's, love is going to be able to fill that one place that you're you're looking for you're to be satisfied. You're right. And so, so many people they begin to wrap themselves into a cocoon, if you will. And there comes a time towards the end, as they're about to be born, they're either going to live or they're going to die. Yeah. There are there are those that go through the stages of becoming and they die in the process. Yeah. But can I tell you what happens inside that cocoon? And it it boggles the mind because literally that caterpillar that you see once it's in the cocoon it literally begins to disintegrate. It begins to become just an ooze. There's, if you if you cut open a cocoon at the right time, you're going to get caterpillar soup. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds kind of gross, and it is, I suppose. But you understand, that caterpillar is no longer in existence. Right. But during that process, there are the, these little uh, uh, disks that, the, uh, that, the, that they, they begin to make as they begin to disintegrate, because what's left over, those little disks that they make, they're wanting to become... And their, their, their nature is to become something more. Right. And because those little discs are in there, as they become just nothing but just ooze, if you will, there's, there's nothing left of that outward shell or that outward caterpillar anymore, that uh-huh. that, that, that fluid begins to uh-huh. be nourished and those cells begin to duplicate. And before you know it, that caterpillar has been Transformed into something new altogether. That's right. Once you make a decision to, ma- to make a move for God and live for God, it is a process. Yes. It sure is. If you're going to wrap yourself in anything, wrap yourself in the Word of God. Amen. If you're going to wrap yourself in anything, That's right. wrap them in the songs of Zion Amen. where the praises of the Lord spring forth from your spirit. That's right. If you're going to wrap yourself in anything, wrap yourself in prayer and fasting, saying, God, I want to be what you want me to be. There's nothing in this world for me to go back to. Let me wrap myself not in the things of this world, but let me become wrapped around with nothing but you because when That'll I become again. I don't want to die in the process. Amen. I want to become that thing, that beautiful butterfly that oh, yeah. emerges forth yeah. out of that cocoon. Never to be that same ugly oh, yeah. thing that I was before. But something bold and something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's strong Now, to understands too. That oftentimes, that when the butterfly begins to emerge from the cocoon it is a struggle for that thing to get out of the cocoon. You want to go over there and literally just cut it open a little bit just to let that butterfly have an easy way out because you look at it struggling and fighting and trying to get out of that cocoon but if you do give it an easy way out did you know that butterfly will fall to the ground and become easy prey it will have no strength within it to fly it will become the easiest to pray and it will die but when the struggle is going on that's where it's building its strength Yes. In order to break forth, and once it breaks forth, it becomes hard to be taken out right. because it's no longer the same and it's strong because of the struggle. In spite of everything that we, you emerged as something different altogether and you're stronger because of the struggle. How many people try to give up in the midst of the struggle? When it's hardest to fight, that's when you fight the hardest to survive and you keep fighting. It's not in the midst of the fight where you give up. It's not in the midst of the struggle where you quit. You know, King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, and said there's a time for this, and there's a time for that. And what he never once said is there a time to quit. There's never a time to give up. It's a time to keep moving forward. It's a time to become something more. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I have seen... Over the years of my growing up in church and being out of church and still going to church but not really being a part of the church, right. I have seen as people would come in and they didn't know anything about this. They didn't know about the power of God, and they'd sit through a service and they would become so stirred in their spirit. Right. They wanted to. Have, they wanted what we have. Yeah. Right. They wanted that same experience. They become so stirred. Now to stir is to move or to agitate, to excite, to to instigate, to action, to disturb, Mm -hmm. to stir us, to disturb something out of its comfort zone. Amen. There are people that become stirred when God moves upon them. They're disturbed in the middle of the night when God begins to speak to them. That's right. And they come to you and they, we want what you've got. Hallelujah. But you see, there was a man in the Bible. He was a rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I've kept my, I've kept the commandments from my youth up. Amen. I've been in this all my life. Right. What do I yet lack in order to be saved? Right. What is it that I lack? And he said, Go go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Yeah. Amen. There's a reason why Jesus told him those things. Because in his mind, he had heard what Jesus had preached. Right. He had heard oh, what Jesus had taught. Yeah. And it's something within him he oh, was disturbed. God. And he knew he lacked something. There are people that keep the Ten Commandments, yeah. but that's not enough. No, There's not. something more. You can be a good person, but that's not going to get you to heaven. No. There's something more. There is, there is something more Praise than God. just being stirred. You see, he was so stirred. And in Jesus' statement, when he said, that there, and when he, he said, good master, and, 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 and he Jesus looked at him and said, why do you call me good? There's none good. Right. Except my Father. And... and, and Jesus' statement that there is none good was intended to shatter this man's delusion that he could be saved by racking up points through doing good deeds. Mm-hmm. How many people do we know that, that yes, giving to charities is awesome? Yeah. You know, doing your parts, you know, get the, the, the Red Cross blood. That, that's great! Because you're doing something that helps the community. You're doing something that's helping the, the world. That, that, that's, that's fantastic! But those, those deeds... Are not going to get you to heaven. No, it's not those good deeds that we do here on earth that are going to get us in heaven. And so Jesus' words were meant to shatter that delusion that he could do good deeds and he would get to heaven. Jesus' command to sell everything and to give it to the poor and to follow him—he everything Jesus said—it was specifically said just like he wanted to say it for a particular reason. If you see the first. The first, he was trying to show this man that his covetousness defied the spirit of the 10th commandment. Right. So he had already broken one. That number two, his neglect of the poor defied the commandment to love his neighbor as himself. Right. Number three, his love for his possessions surpassed his love for God. Right. The breaking, thus breaking the commandment of idolatry. My it says that the young man left sorrowful. Sure did. Now you think about this. This man could have been the 13th disciple. Sure could have. He had an opportunity to become something more. But he was so, even though he was stirred, it didn't ch- cause him to want to change. No. And there are many people that When they realize that they have to repent of their sins and actually admit that they've done something wrong. You're right. Oh, they can't admit that. The first step toward God is to admit, God, I am not anything. My righteousness, as the Scripture says, is as filthy rags before your sight. And then my mind began to go... And I began thinking, there are those that are stirred and then there are those that are shaken. Yeah. There are those who literally are, are, are moved from from the very foundation, of the, the steadiness of their regular, regular life. Something about it, it, it literally shakes them. It doesn't just stir. Okay. It doesn't just disturb sure. them. But it completely moves them off the foundation that they thought that, well, that, they, that they were standing on. Right. And, and, but it's interesting because then we get to Acts chapter number 4, and it talks about, and they when they finished praying, the house was shaken, and the Holy Ghost came and just swept through the place. And then it talks about how the people went and sold all their possessions, and gave it to the church to further the work of the church, and to move it forward. And then it gets to chapter number 5, verse number 1, it says, and Ananias and Sapphira decided that they were going to sell a piece of their property that they owned, right. and that they were going to. They decided to keep part of that back and to give the rest to the church. And it was theirs to do what with whatever they wanted to do with it. But instead of just saying, "You know, we sold it for this much," Pastor Peter and we decided to give this portion of it to the church. He said, "We gave it all. Everything we sold. Everything we gave you. That's how much we sold it for." And Peter looked him and said. Son, you're not lying to me. You're not lying to the preacher. You're not lying to another saint. You're lying to the Holy Ghost himself. That's right. And that's when God struck him down and he died. Right. A little while later, his wife comes in and Peter asks her, says, Did you sell us for such and such? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure I did. And he says, The feet of them that went and buried your husband are at the door to come and take you too. And the Holy Ghost struck her dead. She was. They were shaken from the yeah, foundation. They saw word. something happening, and they wanted well, to be a not, part of it. Right. But it wasn't enough to change who they were. Because right. if they were willing to cheat at that point for the house of God, that means there's no doubt in their lives out there in their everyday life. Right. I wonder how much cheating and robbing and going on was going. What, what all was going on out there in their regular lives? They were. Cha- they were shaken, but they weren't changed. Right. Right. By what they saw, and then we finally come to the scripture where Paul is on his way to Rome. Right. Formerly Saul, we know that Saul was a murderous man. He was one that had. He was a Pharisee, the sect of the of the strongest. He he. What was he, he? He he kept the law just like that young ruler from right, his youth right. up, and he thought that his in his life he was doing good. He thought he was doing the work of God, killing Christians. Because he thought they were defying the law of Moses and everything. Not understanding right. that Jesus came not to destroy or do away with the law, but rather to fulfill the law. That's and right. that the law had therefore been fulfilled. That's and you right. see, as that as that happened on the road to Damascus, as he was going on his way, yeah. a light from heaven had surrounded him and all the people that were with him, drove them to their knees. But he's the only one who heard the voice. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Seest thou not that thou kickest against the pricks? Don't you know that I am Jesus whom thou persecutest? It was God that was getting his attention. And it didn't just stir him. It didn't just shake him. But it caused him from that point on to be forever changed. Right, exactly. He began to have the revelation of what the law of Moses was about then. And that yeah, Jesus yeah. was the Messiah that had been prophesied yeah. to come. Stop. And that the yeah. with the, prophet, the Messiah having been prophesied to come. And having come, that the same Jesus that the Christians were talking about. And they were preaching about. And they were, calling, they were turning the cities upside down with yeah, their yeah. message. That there was something more than this, than what he had thought. He had his mind blown, if you will. And he became a changed soul. He would no longer be known as Saul. No longer known as the person of his past. But instead he would be Paul the Apostle. And he would end up being not just a man who was a murderer. That was his past. Instead he became an apostle to us the Gentiles. Yeah. Yeah. He would go to the Gentiles. Those are the, the, the Jews and everyone else. We were dogs to them. Amen. We were the half breeds We weren't worthy of what the city mother said. The salvation is of the Jews, but we were grafted in. And he understood we were the ones that Jesus said, My own. I came to my own and they received me not. But as, to as many as received me, to them gave me power to become the sons of God. He gave us the power to become something more, something different, something new. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. I don't want to be stirred. I don't want to be just shaken. I want to be changed because there's coming a day and an hour when we will be forever changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. Either we're going to be ready and we're going to go up or we're going to be Forever changed into something God. God didn't intend. Right. Hell is not meant for us. Right. Hell was meant for Satan That's right. and his angels that were fought. But hell hath enlarged her mouth because broad is the way right. that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that find it. But there's a straight gate we must enter in. The way is narrow. It's not going to be a cakewalk. But I want to be forever changed. I don't want to be the same person anymore. I know the struggle is real. Again, I told you, I've been places that it boggle your mind. I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't begin to share right. who I was. But God changed this soul, yes. Yes. and I know that if He changed me, He can change anybody. Anybody. Amen. Anybody. It doesn't matter. Praise God. Doesn't matter what 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 stage in life you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Yes. God never changes. Right. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, Romans chapter 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, to conform to something means to fit a mold, to fit what they expect you to be. Yeah. You've been on the bar stool before, they expect you to be on the bar stool the next weekend. Hanging out with them, you've been out. you been out shooting up with them. They expect you to be out there shooting up with them again. Right. They expect you to conform. They they expect you to do the same old same old routine. You're right. right. But there is a God in heaven. There he is. He said, "I don't want you to fit in." No. He said, I, You are a chosen people. I called you out." of darkness and into this marvelous light i called you out of this world you don't belong in this world anymore i want something to take you into a destiny that you have not known it hasn't even entered into the heart of men the things that god has prepared for them that love him if you will take that first step and go on that journey you see this maybe is this is a beautiful beautiful thing that you have done. So I love the painting. I love uh, I love the 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 the, the designs. designs. Yes. We'll, we'll go with that. I don't know what to call them. That's that's the, my my wife would know what these are. But these are and I love the I love the signs. I love this. This is wonderful. And it but it's not going to stay this. No. It's going to grow. Yes. Because these two are in the will of God. Amen. You see, whenever you find somebody that's humble, say, yeah. God, use me in whatever capacity you can. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll never be a preacher. Maybe you'll never be a pastor. Maybe maybe you'll never be a son. But you can pray. Yeah. There are prayer warriors that have shaken the, the gates of hell that's right. and touched the throne of God. Amen. How many times you remember hearing about when Grandma would pray and you'd hear her pray, And it wasn't just any prayer. And i tell you, because of the prayers of my grandma, I'm here today. Because of mama's prayers, I'm here today. Because I heard daddy up at 2 or 3 in the morning saying, God, don't let my son go to hell. Amen. I want to see him go to heaven. God, I love him so yeah. much, God. Yeah, you yeah. know where he's at right now. You know what situation he's going yeah. through. You know how, how Satan has tortured him and made him become something, Lord, different than what you designed and planned for him to be. Right. right. But because of their prayers, an old prayer warrior. Yes. God took that and changed the life. Prayer warriors are some of the strongest and most needed. They're a backbone of a church. Yes, they are. If there's no prayer going on, church won't go very far. That's right. They're the ones that they work in the background day and night praying. They reach out, God save us all. Yes. You may not ever be, and you you may have have trouble praying to begin with, but give it five minutes. Come on. Go the next day. Go 6 minutes. Yes. Go the next day 7 minutes. And before long you're going to find that, that prayer you 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 never run out of things to pray about. Amen. And if you don't want if you will never preach or teach, maybe you can sing. That's right. The anointing down. And you don't have to be in key. <laughs> Bible just says make a joyful noise That's unto right. the Lord. Shout with a voice of triumph. Amen. Sing unto the Lord a new song. That's right. You can't, maybe you can't carry a tune in the bucket, but you can sing. Yeah. How many That's times I've seen people that would stand up to testify in the midst of a dead, dry service. I Amen. remember growing up in Naylor, there in Missouri, at that church. I remember there were times where services were so dead, but one person, one elder, would stand up and That's say, right. if you could see who I was, Amen.
1: if you knew where I had
0: been, That's right. then you would understand why I'm here today. Yes. Then you would understand. There was a man, we talked about this last night. There was a man that I know, he was an elder in the church and he was one that I looked up to and respected highly. And he used to be the town drunk. He used to talk about how he would come home from the bar drunk off his backside, if you will. He was so drunk, and he, yet he had bottles and cans strewn all over his house, but his wife threw through turmoil and so much heartache. But but he talked about the times he would come to church. And as the pastor said earlier, regardless of who you are or what you've done, right, he'll love right. you regardless because God loves you. Right. And we're to be the ones that are the examples to the right. world of our God. Of the name of Jesus. We are Amen. the ones to be the example. And he talked about, he said, the bishop which is our, our pastor he would he'd get up and he'd still be, he'd be so drunk and he'd say I want to sing. Pastor Haynes would say, well, Brother Weldon, come on down. Now, he wouldn't let them on the platform. But he'd stand down there with them by the altar. And they'd sing, I'll fly away or something else. Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. And he gave them time and time. This was back when we had Saturday night services. We had Saturday night service. We had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And then we'd have youth rallies on Friday nights once a month. And we had church all the time. But there came a point in Weldon Young's life where when he got up to sing that night, something changed within him. You see, he had been in the making process. That's right. There was something within him that wanted to live right, but there was a stronghold that was holding him back. That's right. You see, Satan will put chains on you. And try to hold you back from where God wants to take you. But there's nothing that God can't loose. There's no chain that God can't break. And that Saturday night, he found himself tears beginning to stream down his face. Him falling at the old-fashioned altar. God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he never took another drink in his Praise life. God. He was somebody that I could look up to and still look back on today yeah. and say there's a man whose life I could pattern my life after. Amen. Because he did not just get stirred. He did not get just shaken. But yeah. he was forever changed. Praise never God. again did he put his wife through all kinds of turmoil and hell. No longer did he was he known as the town drunk. He was no longer just Weldon young, but he was Weldon young the redeemed. Yes. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will go ahead and close this morning. We'll just ask. Have we, have we been stirred? Have we been shaken? Come on. Or have we been changed? Praise God. If we have not been changed, it is time. To make that decision that come hell or high water, I'm going to live for God when it's easy. I'm going to live for God when it's hard. I'm going to live for God when I'm in the valley. I'm going to live for God when I'm on the mountaintop. Regardless of whatever state I find myself in, therewith I will be content because thou art with me. Yes. Praise the Lord, church. Praise God. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise right now in Jesus' name. Let's receive that. Can we all stand? Can we bow our heads? Can we pray together right now in Jesus' name? I just don't want to be stirred. I don't want to be shaken, God. I want to be changed.